Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw. I'm known as the Success Alchemist. You can find me at the successalchemist.net and the webalchemist.net and Empowered Manifestation and on Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist and on Twitter at Coach Jan Shaw. Today is the 8th of May 2021 and the title of today's show is Election Audits, People Are Standing Up, COVID and Vaccine Latest. So I want to start with looking at the audit situation and primarily the Arizona audit, which <laughs> it's very interesting to see the level of panic from the Democrats in terms of the whole audit situation. And um, I'm also going to cover a little bit on New Hampshire and also on Michigan. So let's get started. And I've got quite a number of uh, articles to share with you. And I'm going to cover them in um, date order. So starting with the 2nd of May, which was Sunday, I believe, because... My last show was on the 1st, which was a Saturday. And this is Gateway Pundit. And this is talking about the audit process, because obviously one of the ways that the Democrats, the leftists, the deep state players are attacking the audit is to question the whole process. <clears throat> so this this um, this article is um, what I witnessed on the Arizona auditing floor. The ballots are scanned, tested and documented. The process is well organised and very secure. On Saturday, the Gateway Pundit correspondent Jordan Conradson observed the forensic audit of the Maricopa County election ballots on the floor of Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Jordan wrote this article after six hours on the Coliseum floor on Saturday. On Saturday, May 1st, I volunteered to observe the Maricopa County audit process at the Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Phoenix, Arizona. Upon arrival, I checked in with the police at the entrance who confirmed my name was on the list and directed me to the Coliseum entrance. When I entered the building, I went through more check-in procedures, received my name badge and locked all of my belongings in a locker with a security code. I was only allowed a red pen and a piece of paper on me while observing. I was told that this was most the most secure and transparent process in history. This rang true as I witnessed the measures they're taking to ensure integrity and confidence in the forensic audit system. The first thing I noticed was the videographer who documents and records everything. Example, any issue with ballots op upon opening box. I observed teams of three counters checking each ballot on a rotating table and adding a timestamp to each tally sheet. I saw that the counting of votes was in good hands as it was being performed with speed, accuracy and honour. It was a smooth process. After a box of ballots was counted, the ballot box chain of custody is then updated. Then the ballot is taken to a forensic scanning station to test the weight, texture ballot watermarks and vote bubbles. These tests are used to authenticate the ballot. Each ballot is photographed, a forensic scan is taken, ballots are numbered and issues are recorded on the paper examination log. After this process is completed, the chain of custody is updated again and the box is sealed with the tape colour of the team who counted. Everything that happens in this room is recorded and documented. Everything. This process may have more checks and balances than our current executive branch or any branch of government. As an observer, we wore orange shirts to separate us and we were given very clear and specific instructions. The floor used tape to create lanes for observers to walk in and we were not to go near the counting tables nor speak to the counters. We could only speak to other supervisors to report our concerns and other observers. My job was to provide oversight and report anything that I felt compromised the security of the process. I saw nothing that concerned me and I believe this process is very secure. Another observer who observed the previous audit, told me that this was much more organised. 
Democrat operatives on the floor of the Coliseum. Two observers caught my eye because they were in pink shirts, unlike the rest of us. I asked one of them why that was, and he said, I'm from the Secretary of State's office. He declined to talk to me further. Every other time I saw him, he was whispering to his comrade, who was also in a pink shirt. Katie Hobbs has repeatedly called this audit a farce and the big lie, but her two minions surely see that this audit is in fact not a lie. The Arizona audit will continue on Monday. The number of tables was increased from 20 to 46 late last week. The Republican leaders are pulling off an auditing miracle. The Gateway Pundit will continue to provide reports from Veterans Memorial Coliseum in the coming days. Now, we know how important this audit, particularly in Arizona, is because it's really going to open the floodgates for many more audits. Now, the next article is not directly related to this audit, but it is very relevant to what I'm covering in this radio show. And this is from Epoch Times. Trump allies launch non-profit focused on election fraud. And this is May the 5th. Allies of former President Donald Trump have launched a new initiative focused on election fraud, according to a news release. Called the Election Integrity Alliance, the non-profit will be focused on ending election fraud and strengthening election safeguards by providing information, resources, endorsements of allies' efforts and solutions to secure free and fair elections, the news release said. Trump counsel Jenna Ellis Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, former Trump adviser Peter Navarro, former NYPD Commissioner Bernard Kerrick, former White House adviser Sebastian Gorka, constitutional law professor Michael Donnelly and former Trump lawyer Myrna Taraf will be part of the group. The Election Integrity Alliance's national board is comprised of individuals who have fought for election integrity at great personal risk and who are champions for free and fair elections, the organisation said in a statement. The American Greatness Fund was founded by former Trump campaign manager Brad Pascale, and it is part of a growing number of Trump-aligned advocacy groups that have appeared since the November 3rd election. Brooke Rollins and Larry Kudlow, two former Trump advisers, started the America First Policy Institute, while former Housing and Urban Development Secretary Ben Carson started the American Cornerstone Institute. Meanwhile, former Trump speechwriter and advisor Stephen Miller formed America First Legal, which is aimed at battling the Biden administration's policies. American Greatness Fund adds on its website that free and fair elections are the foundation of a civil government that has power only by consent of the governed. In our system, we the people select and prefer individuals from among ourselves to governors at all levels. And no individual or party has the right by conquest, heritage, corruption or fraud to assume power, the website says. Only through election integrity can our American government operate according to its limited and legitimate role in civil society. America is built on the recognition that our individual rights are God-given and pre-political. The only legitimate person of civil government is to preserve and protect those rights which are essential to liberty and justice for all. Okay, now back to Arizona's audit, the Maricopa County. This is Gateway Pundit on the uh, 5th of May. Soros-linked Arizona Secretary of State sends letter to Maricopa audit team in another attempt to shut down the audit. What are Democrats scared of? Soros-connected Arizona Secretary of State Katie Hobbs is now criticising the current audit ongoing in Maricopa County by focusing on its operations and policies. Her arguments are weak, especially when comparing them to the operations she oversees. This is her best and latest effort to sidetrack the audit, and it's a bad joke. Arizona has a Soros-connected Secretary of State in Arizona in Katie Hobbs, She's not in favour of the Maricopa audit, which shows her disregard for her role and her state. And there's a link to another article, must read, Soros and Clinton connected Arizona Secretary of State Katie Hobbs is preparing to fight the Senate audit of Maricopa County rather than support election integrity. And that goes into the connection that 
she has with Soros and the Clinton uh, Foundation, basically. Today, Ms. Hobbs sent a six-page document to the team auditing the results in Maricopa County and attempted to criticise the audit while including accusations that are just plain not accurate. Here are some abbreviated comments on her letter. Hobbs begins with concerns based on disclosed operations in seven points. In her first point, she again brings up a tweet by a reporter regarding activities that took place before the audit and the type of coloured pen used in the audit. It was also used in a court case and it's ridiculous. In the second point, Hobbs claims her systems were reviewed by certified auditors of the EAS. This is likely false since we uncovered that both firms certified by the EAS were not certified when Maricopa County selected them to perform their rubber-stamped audits. These firms were used for system analysis before the election and were likely not certified then as well. And again, a link to a previous article, we caught them. Arizona's Maricopa County Board of Supervisors lied. EAC updated website after Gateway Pundit report discovered their auditors were uncertified. Number three, in her next few comments, Hobbs makes assertions with no examples and then lands on the ballot chain of custody as a concern. Paradoxically, Hobbs never said a thing about the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors loading ballots on a truck and shipping them to God knows where a few weeks ago. And again, a link to a previous article last week, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors unilaterally loaded ballots onto trucks and then stored them in the open in a warehouse, ignoring proper safeguarding controls. Um, just as an aside as well, we've had reports about dumpsters full of shredded ballots in the county. And then there was a mysterious fire at the farm belonging to one of the Maricopa Board of Supervisors. So plenty of dirty work at the crossroads going on. <laughs> um, this, oh, actually, it goes on to say this illegal activity was concerning. But then again, so were the shredded ballots found outside the Maricopa County Tabulation Centre a few weeks ago as well. Hobbs had no concerns with any of this that we are aware of. And then the link to the article after finding shredded ballots in the dumpster earlier today, a mysterious fire breaks out at Maricopa County officials' farm. Finally, Hobbs complained about the auditors potentially hiring unbiased workers. Without any evidence, these observations on policies were worthless. Next, Hobbs attacked the operations themselves in six observations. Hobbs starts by mentioning Ryan Machias, who she sent to look over the audit, but she never shares that Machias claimed he was a reporter at first. And another link to an article, top election operative Ryan Machias, who Dems quietly inserted into the Maricopa audit, is member of clandestine National Task Force on Election Crisis. Hobbs complained about the fenced-in ballots in that they were not covered by fencing over the top of the ballots, but she neglected to note the ballots are under constant 24-hour review by cameras every day and armed guards guarding the facility. The remainder of Hobbs' points were noting risks with no examples and therefore non-existent dreams of what was going on. And it's um, then got the letter that Hobbs sent to the audit team. And I'm not going to go into that because it's really repeating what the article has said. Hobbs drafted a sophomoric document in another attempt to stop the audit. This is the opposite of what a fair-minded person would do who believes the results of the election were accurate. And of course, you know, they've claimed it was the most secure election in history. So if that's the case, what are they afraid of? And that is uh, definitely a rhetorical question. So the next thing that happens is the DOJ sends a letter to Arizona election auditors. And this is a Resist the Mainstream article from May the 6th. The Biden Department of Justice has sent a letter to Arizona Senate President Karen Fan taking issue with Maricopa County's forensic audit of the 2020 election. The letter is from Pamela Carlin, the Principal Deputy Assistant Attorney General of the Civil Rights Division. 
Carlin writes to Fan that the DOJ is taking issue with two main parts of the forensic audit. I write regarding issues arising under federal statutes enforced by the United States Department of Justice that are related to the audit required by the Arizona State Senate for the November 2020 federal general election in Maricopa County, the letter states. News reports indicate that the Senate subpoenaed ballots, election systems and election materials from Maricopa County and required that they be turned over to private contractors led by a firm known as Cyber Ninjas. The department has reviewed available information, including news reports and complaints regarding the procedures being used for this audit. The letter continued, The information of which we are aware raises concerns regarding at least two issues of potential non-compliance with federal laws enforced by the department. The first issue relates to a number of reports suggesting that the ballots, election systems and election materials that are the subject of the Maricopa County audit are no longer under the ultimate control of state and local elections officials, are not being adequately safeguarded by contractors, contractors at an insecure facility and are at risk of being lost, stolen, altered, compromised or destroyed, the letter added. Federal law creates a duty to safeguard and preserve federal election records. The DOGJ letter went on. The department is charged with enforcement of provisions of the Civil Rights Act of 1960. This statute requires state and local election officials to maintain for 22 months after the conduct of an election for federal office all records and papers relating to any act requisite to voting in such election. Interesting that they haven't picked up on the shredded ballots. The purpose of these federal preservation and retention requirements for elections records is to secure a more effective protection of the right to vote, the DOJ continued. It should be noted that the Civil Rights Division had no issue with Georgia's inability to produce chain of custody documents, nor private voting machine companies processing ballots in state elections. The second issue relates to the Cyber Ninja's statement of work for this audit, the, the DOJ went on. Among other things, the statement of work indicates that the contractor has been working with a number of individuals to identify voter registrations that did not make sense and then knock on doors to confirm if valid voters actually lived at the stated address. The statement of work also indicates that the contract contractor will select a minimum of three precincts in Maricopa County with a high number of anomalies in order to conduct an audit of voting history and that voters may be contacted through a combination of phone calls and physical canvassing to collect information of whether the individual voted in the election in November 2020, the DOJ letter added. This description of the proposed work of the audit raises concerns regarding potential intimidation of voters, the DOJ continued. The department enforces a number of federal statutes that prohibit intimidation of persons for voting or attempting to vote. For example, Section 11B of the Voting Rights Act provides that no person, whether acting under colour of law or otherwise, shall intimidate, threaten or coerce or attempt to intimidate, threaten or coerce any person for voting or attempting to vote, or intimidate, threaten or coerce, or attempt to intimidate, threaten or coerce any person for urging or aiding any person to vote or attempt to vote. Past experience with similar investigative efforts around the country has raised concerns that they can be directed at minority voters, which potentially can implicate the anti-intimidation prohibitions of the Voting Rights Act, the DOJ said. Such investigative efforts can have a significant intimidating effect on qualified voters that can deter them from seeking to vote in the future. We would appreciate your response to the concerns described herein, including advising us of the steps that the Arizona Senate will take to ensure that violations of federal law do not occur, the letter threateningly added. So then, in response to that letter, Arizona Senator issues warning to DOJ not to interfere in election audit. And this is an article by We Love Trump, and it's dated the same date, um, 
That was on the 6th. Wendy Rogers, Justice Department, you need to stay in your lane. Do not touch Arizona ballots or machines unless you want to spend time in an Arizona prison. Democrats are in an absolute panic over the audit taking place in Arizona. Biden has empowered his DOJ to the point that they think they can do as they please. At this point in time, it's clear that they intend to try and prevent the Arizona election audit completely. One state senator is standing up against that corruption, though. Arizona Senator Wendy Rogers took to Twitter to warn the DOJ against any such interference. On Wednesday, she tweeted out a direct warning that any interference will be met with the full force of the law. She tweeted, Justice Department, you need to stay in your lane. Do not touch Arizona ballots or machines unless you want to spend time in an Arizona prison. Democrats continue to cry foul, while Republicans are simply pushing for transparency. Arizona State Senator Wendy Rogers warns the DOJ against interfering in the audit. And then there's a screenshot of the tweet. Senator Rogers' warning comes after the DOJ sent a threatening letter to Arizona election auditors. Biden's DOJ sent a threatening letter to Arizona election auditors. That's a tweet by Chuck Woolery. And then another tweet from him. Soros-linked Arizona Secretary of State sends letter to Maricopa audit team in another attempt to shut down the audit. That's the article I just read to you. Here's more on the threatening letter from 12 News. In a sharply worded letter Tuesday to one of her predecessors as Arizona's top elections officer, Democrat Secretary of State Katie Hobbs, is warning Ken Bennett to bring the Republican election audit he's overseeing into compliance with state laws and regulations. I'm not sure what compelled you to oversee this audit, Hobbs writes, but I'd like to assume you took this role with the best of intentions. It is those intentions I appeal to now. Either do it right or don't do it at all. If Bennett doesn't comply, Hobbs could take him back to court for breach of contract. Bennett is now Senate Republicans' liaison for the audit. Under the terms of a lawsuit settlement filed Tuesday, the defendants in the case, Bennett, Arizona Senate President Karen Fan, and the lead auditor, Florida-based Cyber Ninjas, now have 48 hours to respond to the concerns in Hobbs' letter. The six-page letter highlights 13 concerns with the hand count of 2.1 million Maricopa County ballots now going on at Veterans Memorial Coliseum. The concerns were identified by the two observers Hobbs is allowed to send to the audit venue under a judge's order last week. Among the concerns, questions about the count. Most concerning is the absence of details regarding how tens of thousands of tally sheets from ballot counters will be added up. When asked by my office about the process that will be used to aggregate the tens of thousands of individual tally sheets that will be generated, Hobbs writes, we received no real explanation other than that an accounting firm will handle it later. This is not transparency. Lack of training. The only evidence of training for audit counters is a sparse PowerPoint presentation that offers little guidance beyond the procedures documents. And then there's a tweet from the AZ ABC 15 data guru Garrett Archer breaking the DOJ Civil Rights Division has sent a letter to Senator Fan raising concerns over how the Arizona audit is being conducted. Election assets are not under the control of election officials, reports of door-to-door canvassing, and then there's a screenshot of the letter. Democrats are completely panicked and have been for weeks over the Arizona audit. They are crying foul over the legitimacy of it all. This is leaving many conservatives wondering if Democrats are simply manifesting their own fear over what might be discovered. And a tweet from Candace Owens, Democrats are losing their collective mind about Arizona. You know it's bad when Twitter is trying to brace the world for impact with headlines like, here's why the results of the forensic audit can't be trusted. In other words, even if we get caught, it doesn't matter. And that's replied to a tweet by Mike Cernovich. Arizona has them nervous. Why? I would have welcomed a full audit of 2016. And a tweet from Emerald Robinson. 
Democrats are really worried about the Arizona audit because Democrats know what they did. And Charlie Kirk, why would Democrats be spending millions to stop the Arizona Senate from auditing the votes if they really believe the election was conducted fairly? Emerald Robinson again. You already know why Biden's DOJ suddenly wants to interfere with the Arizona audit, which has been authorised by the state of Arizona. You're just not supposed to say it. Republicans, however, are welcoming all to view what's happening in Arizona firsthand. A tweet from the Epoch Times. We welcome DOJ or anyone else to come see what's really happening because the ballots are secure, said audit liaison Ken Bennett. The DOJ raised concerns about the ongoing 2020 Maricopa audit in Maricopa County, Arizona. <clears throat> Representative Andy Biggs tweeted, Today I toured Arizona's election audit in Maricopa County. The tour is open to all delegation members, both Republicans and Democrats. I was very impressed with the diligence of the employees in keeping this process organised. It is paramount that we protect our election integrity. And that's the end of that article. And then again on the same day, the 6th of May, we have a Gateway Pundit article breaking. Maricopa County did not have admin access to the 2020 election. This means they ceded ownership of election to their outside system provider. It would likely be impossible to run an election without these. The Maricopa County election team claims they do not have admin access to their voting machines. If this is the case, then the county did not own the election process. They ceded it to their external vendor. A system administrator has the following duties. System administrators are critical to the reliable and successful operation of an organisation and its network operations centre and data centre. A sysadmin must have expertise with the system's underlying platform, i.e. Windows, Linux, as well as be familiar with multiple areas including networking, backup, data restoration, IT security, database operations, middleware basics, load balancing and more. Sysadmin tasks are not limited to server management, maintenance and repair, but also any functions that support a smoothly running production environment with minimal or no complaints from customers and end users. System administration administrators are individuals who have access to the systems at their highest levels. These individuals are able to perform all sorts of duties. They are able to perform most all the functions and changes in a system. They have complete and total control and can even delete or alter systems logs. The fact that the county does not have system administrators who have administrative access to the Dominion voting machines is a big concern. By allowing Dominion to have the administration access only, the county has basically turned over the system to the Dominion voting machine system people. There is no IT control here because that's been ceded to Dominion. By the way, in general, most frauds that include IT-related processes have at least one IT person involved in the fraud. And there's a video in the article, um, it's with OAN and Steve Bannon, talking about the fact that the uh, Maricopa County elections officials do not have admin access. This shows that the election was not run by the county. It was in essence subcontracted to Dominion, which is likely not provided for in the law. The election function should be run by county election employees, not some subcontractor. And then another one on May the 6th. This is Epoch Times. Maricopa County refuses to provide routers to election auditors. Arizona's Maricopa County is refusing to turn over routers or router images to election auditors, defying a judge's ruling. The Maricopa County Attorney's Office informed former Republican Secretary of State Ken Bennett of the decision this week. Bennett is the Arizona Senate's liaison for the audit. The county was told late last month while delivering subpoenaed election materials to the state Senate's custody that delivering routers or even images of routers posed a significant security risk to law enforcement data utilised by the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office as well as numerous federal agencies. 
We had previously believed that the risk would be eliminated by redacting the law enforcement data on the routers and not producing it. But we were informed that redaction did not eliminate the risk. Joseph LaRue, Deputy County Attorney, told Benner in a letter obtained by the Epoch Times. A spokesman for the county told the Epoch Times via email that its technology professionals determined the information contained in Maricopa County's routers can be used as blueprints to intercept sensitive county data. Maricopa County has more than 50 different county departments and the routers the Senate subpoena commanded the county produce support all of these departments, not just elections operations. This includes critical law enforcement data that by law cannot be disclosed, as well as Maricopa County residents' protected health information and full social security numbers, he added. By providing the routers or even virtual images of routers, sensitive data and the lives of law enforcement personnel could be endangered. The county is continuing to study this issue and routers remain in the county's custody for the time being. Bennett and Senate President Karen Fan, a Republican, did not respond to requests for comment. Uh, the subpoenas issued by the state Senate to the county last year say auditors require access or control of all routers, tabulators, or some combinations thereof in order to garner the system logs. The subpoena in question was for electronic machines used in the election. Each machine has a log or record. The county tried to rebuff the subpoenas, but a judge in February ruled the county must comply with them. County officials forced auditors to count ballots and review equipment off-site, but delivered the materials to the teams late last month. The exclusion of the routers was not reported before this week. Maricopa County officials said separately on Wednesday that two laboratories testing the voting equipment in February and found no evidence that election machines were connected to the internet. But Bennett said on KFYI on Monday that auditors, auditors could not confirm that unless they had access to the logs. Here we are several weeks into the audit and we still don't have some of the information that was subpoenaed by the state senate from Maricopa County, he said. They told me personally weeks ago that they had taken all the routers and the internet connections and the hubs and everything out of the building so they could send it to us and we would have the logs when we got into those devices we would be able to see those logs that nothing was connected to the internet during the election and lo and behold they don't show up in the equipment that they said would be delivered to us bennett added then it turns out we have more suspicious activity during the election again we love trump this is, again, from the 6th Maricopa update. External drives for servers were removed nightly to an undisclosed location for safety during election. External devices with up-to-date totals of the 2020 presidential election were taken off-site to an undisclosed location every night during the election. Why? For safety reasons. This is one of the biggest revelations so far to come from the Maricopa County audit. The external drives are moved by either Maricopa County officials or Dominion employees. Who moved the devices is unclear. What is particularly alarming is that there is no transparency. Even during the audit, the undisclosed location remains, well, undisclosed. We have no idea who and where these drives were taken. Without knowledge of who took them and where they were taken, how can we ensure election integrity? Now keep in mind that the Maricopa audit is still ongoing. With all the people involved, there have been hardly any leaks. This suggests that something big will be revealed soon. The latest update about the external hard drives was not a leak. It was by the GOP chairwoman herself. See what Dr Kelly Ward revealed to the public. And she tweets... These are the servers for Maricopa County elections. The external drives that were loaded with nightly early vote totals are circled. Scott Jarrett said they were taken to an off-site, undisclosed location nightly for safety by an employee or a Dominion contractor working for Maricopa County. And then a tweet by Lex, Tweet Romantic, breaking external devices with up-to-date vote totals, 
were taken off-site nightly during the election by Maricopa County or Dominion employees. And then there's a link to a Gateway Pundit article. So much for safeguarding the vote. How can we possibly trust the election results with no transparency? If the drives were taken off-site by some mysterious figure we don't know, how do we know that the results weren't tampered with? That's what the audit is trying to get to the bottom of. The National File has a few more details regarding the mysterious hard drives. Orange external devices appearing to be portable hard drives were removed from the vote tabulating area every night during the election by either election officials in Maricopa County, Arizona, or Dominion Voting Systems employees, per Arizona Republican Party Chair Kelly Ward. In a tweet accompanied by an image showing the orange external drives, Ward wrote, These are the servers for Maricopa County elections. The external drives that were loaded with nightly early vote totals are circled. Scott Jarrett said they were taken to an offside, undisclosed location, nightly, for safety by an employee or a Dominion contractor working for MC, Maricopa County. According to Scott Jarrett's LinkedIn profile, first reported by the Gateway Pundit, Jarrett says he previously worked as a senior auditor in Maricopa County for over seven years. Jarrett also says he has certifications to be a certified fraud examiner, certified internal auditor and certified government auditing professional, which do not expire. Having the CIA, Jarrett would surely see that it was not all right moving any devices like the ones identified in the picture above from an on-site location. And the CIA refers to certified internal auditor, not the CIA. <laughs> also, the entire fact that these devices were included in an election is also suspect, reported the Gateway Pundit. This comes after Maricopa County officials admitted that they do not have access to the passwords used to access administrative features of the voting machines used in November. The officials were asked to provide the passwords to the firm conducted the conducting the audit and ultimately confessed that they do not have access to the passwords and did not have access during the November election. If you think of it like your computer, you know, a lot of people can log in as users, but very few people can log in as administrators. So when the auditors were examining the machines, they were examining it as a user, explained Christina Bob on OAN. And then they reached the point where they needed the administrative password. And when they reached back out to the county, the county was forced to acknowledge that they did not have the password which means they didn't have it for the election, which means they did not have any control over the machines for the election. Again, if Democrats have nothing to hide, then they should want this audit to continue. Why? Because if Joe Biden actually won fair and square, then this audit will prove it. However, Democrats and leaders in Maricopa County have been fighting the audit every step of the way, and this is just the latest revelation to be made public. We don't know about you, but it looks pretty damning to us. And then a tweet from the Arizona Republican Party. Breaking news. Full America's audit update coming soon. Maricopa County election audit facing Department of Justice interference as feds and Democrats conspire to stop audit. Where was DOJ last November? And then John Solomon tweeted... Breaking Maricopa County withholding subpoenaed hardware from election audit, citing alleged security risk. And that is a link to his platform, justthenews.com. Even now, Maricopa appears to be fighting against integrity. They are refusing to deliver hardware to the auditors. They are required to do this due to a subpoena, yet they are claiming a security risk if they hand over the material. But answer is this, how can there be a risk if the election happened over half a year ago? Just the News has more details. Officials in Arizona's Maricopa County are withholding materials subpoenaed by the state legislature as part of its audit of the county's 2020 election, claiming that surrendering them would constitute a security risk for both law enforcement and federal agencies. A, mon a Monday letter sent from the Maricopa County Attorney's Office to Ken Bennett, the former Arizona Secretary of State and the li liaison between the State Senate and the auditors, 
said the county had elected not to turn over several routers requested, sorry, routers, routers is the English pronunciation, requested by the legislature due to an alleged significant security risk to law enforcement data utilised by the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office as well as numerous federal agencies. I'm not going to read the rest of that section because it's what I've covered in that earlier uh, article I shared. The authors of the article continue, What do you think? Will the Maricopa audit make Arizona the first state to fall and reveal the big lie? Or is it too little too late? Or will the big reveal come somewhere else? Let us know your prediction in the comments below. Now, there's a slightly different take on this. This is Resist the Mainstream. Arizona Audit Director Ken Bennett says Dominion refuses to comply with subpoena. And um, it's talking about the the fact that the Maricopa County Election Board have claimed that they don't have admin access to their voting machines. Um, uh, some of this repeats what I've read in a previous article. Um, in his interview with OAN, Ken Bennett said, sorry, in his interview with OAN, Ken Bennett said Dominion is refusing to comply with the state Senate subpoena and is hiding the second password for their machines. So that's a very different take on, you know, the the idea or the 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 assumption that the admin password is held by Dominion. But this is actually alleging that they do have the the board of supervisors or the county election um, supervisors uh, officials do have the password they're just not giving it to the audit team so that's interesting we'll see which one turns out to be true so that's the latest on the uh, maricopa county audit in arizona now let's move on to a report about the new hampshire election audit i've got a couple of articles to share on this the first one i'm going to go to is gateway pundit it was published on may the 3rd Breaking, Wyndham residents stand with the backs turned on board as they railroad audit process, scream and chant, resign. And it, this includes a video, but um, the article reads, Dirty, dirty politicians. Hundreds of local citizens turned out to the Wyndham, New Hampshire city meeting tonight at the city hall. The city leaders or selectmen moved the meeting back to the smaller venue at the city hall sometime today. That way, hundreds of concerned citizens were left standing outside. The board members then walked out of the meeting. They did not expect the locals to fight back against their corruption. And this is a link to um, another article, Breaking Wyndham, New Hampshire Board, walks out of town meeting after outraged residents shout them down over audit. And then an update, the meeting was moved to the high school. The meeting was then moved over to the Wyndham High School Auditorium. The board members continued to ignore their residents and went on with other business. That's when the crowd stood up with their backs turned to the dirty board members. The crowd started chanting, resign, resign, resign. Local activists told the reporter, this board is an embarrassment to the community. And then there's a full video um, from... Bao Chow Kelly, don't know who that is. So there's a, a number of videos there. Here's another video of the protest against the dirty selectman. And this is in a tweet from Ron Filipkowski. Wyndham, New Hampshire tonight held a town meeting to deal with MAGA citizens' demands for a Maricopa-style Maricopa forensic audit of their ballots. As a councilman tries to reason with them, they stand and turn their backs on them and chant, Stop the steal. And um, then I'll go on to share Trump's response to this. And this is another article from Resist the Mainstream. Donald Trump congratulates patriots on New Hampshire election audit. And this is May the 6th. Most Americans are aware of the election audit in Maricopa County, Arizona, but not many may know about another audit taking place. Donald Trump issued a powerful statement on Thursday reminding Americans about the election audit in New Hampshire. Congratulations to the great patriots of Wyndham, New Hampshire, for their incredible fight to seek out the truth 
on the massive election fraud which took place in New Hampshire and the 2020 presidential election, Trump wrote. The spirit for transparency and justice is being displayed all over the country by media outlets which do not represent fake news, he added. People are watching in droves as these patriots work tirelessly to reveal the real facts of the most tainted and corrupt election in American history, he added. Congratulations, Wyndham. Look forward to seeing the results. In Wyndham, New Hampshire, a town of about 14,000 near the Massachusetts border, a state legislative race was thrown into disarray when a recount found major discrepancies with the original total. On election night, Republicans swept all four of Wyndham state representative seats. One Democrat, Christison Laurent, fell short by just 24 votes and requested a recount, NHPR reported. But during the recount, the margin between St. Laurent and the Republican candidates changed significantly, the report continued. The vote totals for all of the Republican candidates in that race increased by about 300, while St. Laurent's vote count decreased by nearly 100. While the outcome of the race didn't change, the four Republican victories from Election Day were upheld at the recount. The change in vote totals raised questions for lots of people from both parties. So I think what's happening here is that Trump is really celebrating the fact that the residents are standing up, which is why I you know, put people are standing up in the title of the show. So the last thing on the audits is an article by Gateway Pundit again, and this relates to Michigan. And this is May the 4th. Antrim County plaintiffs increase, introduce new evidence in 2020 election case. Experts were able to compromise data on data and flip votes. Michigan attorney Matthew DiPerno filed an explosive new report in the ongoing Antrim County 2020 election lawsuit. According to DePerno, his team of experts was able to prove the voting machines were vulnerable to compromise. And DePerno's team says they were able to manipulate software that was able then to flip votes to Joe Biden. Matthew DePerno filed his latest legal report this week. He says, we have the proof that voting machines used in the election 2020 elections can be compromised and votes easily transferred from one candidate to another. We can flip votes at the tabulator precinct level. We can flip votes at the county level. The American people are losing their voice for the future of our democracy. We must fight together for free and fair elections. And the uh, Matthew DiPerno tweets, we can flip votes from top of the ticket to the bottom we can flip on selected ra- only selected races. We can flip all. We can flip just a few precincts in a county and shave 5% from one candidate. Want a constitutional amendment to pass or fail? And then number two, Michigan elections happening today. Do you think putting your intent on a ballot matters? Machines convert data and data can be manipulated. And then a third tweet by DePerno. Imagine if someone wanted to move Michigan from red to pink and then run the media narrative that people just don't like Trump. I can show you how to switch 160,000 votes at the precinct level. And there's a screenshot of um, current registered. This is highlighted. There's a table here of, of numbers. Uh, Antrim is the only county where registrations have dropped since the election. It's got current registered 4-6-2021 in Antrim County, 21,935. Total registrations October database, 24,118. Total unregistered ballots tallied equals 66,194. Uh, ballot voter ID not found in October registration database. I'm not sure exactly what that is pointing to, but Ma- he goes on. Matthew DePerno says he will he will be able to show the tabulator tapes at the precinct lever were different than the paper ballots. In, and then it repeats this uh, same tweet um, with the the third <coughs> allegation. 
Jack Posobiec ran this shocking report on the alleged voter fraud. This is a big story and, of course, the fake news media will ignore it. And it's also interesting that um, Mike Lindell of My Pillow was on, a, on an interview, I think, with Steve Bannon, um, and he was announcing that he actually has in his possession some Dominion voting machines, and I think also maybe EAS as well. And so he's basically saying that, you know, they'll be able to expose more regarding voter fraud using the Dominion voting machine. So we'll, we'll see what comes from that. So in the time left, let's just take a quick look at the current COVID status and the vaccine. Um, one of the things to note is that all these reports about people dying in the streets in India is a complete scam. We've had reports from people living there that say it's all false. People aren't dropping dead in the streets. I think I covered that a little bit last week. They obviously need to push this whole COVID scan scandemic um, so that they can move ahead with the Great Reset, as they call it. Interestingly, the CDC has just re reduced the COVID deaths to 5% of the original statistics. Uh, if you remember, it had been dropped to 6% of, of the deaths reported. In other words, 6% died from COVID as opposed to with COVID. And they've now dropped that again to 5%, which is interesting. Um, so in terms of the vaccine, Pfizer, BioNTech have initiated the submission of a request for full FDA approval for COVID-19 vaccine for people 16 years and over. So that's interesting. They're wanting to rush through the actual FDA approval. Now, bear in mind that the COVID-19 infection is 99.9-something .9 percent curable, depending on your age and physical health. There's no logical reason for the vaccine. And also, they've suppressed information about the cures so that they can justify this vaccine and potentially go on to mandate it. Uh, the cures available that have really shown to um, be uh, successful in curing COVID-19, uh, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin has been brought up recently. It's um, actually an anti-parasitic uh, medication. I've used it on horses before, but you don't take the horse version because it's a far too big a dose <laughs> than it is a, a appropriate for humans. The zinc, vitamin D, erythromycin. So there's, you know, these combinations of um, medications that the frontline doctors and other doctors have been showing are effective. Of course, they've been heavily censored. These things are available. So considering how little of a threat COVID-19 is, it's really uh, amazing to see so many people lining up for this so-called vaccine and celebrating when they've had it. Um, the, let me see, interestingly, the CDC and fact checkers are now questioning the validity of VAERS and the yellow card database, a VAERS vaccine um, adverse event registration system. I think that's what it stands for. That's the US system. And yellow card apparently is the UK system. They're questioning the validity of the reports on there of deaths due to COVID-19. The question is, are they investigating them? And I think I've shared on a previous show that Dr. McCullough, in one of his articles, was saying how they had submitted requests for information about how these deaths were being investigated. I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to suppress or discredit these voluntary reports so that they can push through the FDA approval of the vaccines. Um, so I'm going to quickly share an article from Natural News. Now, uh, as I've said on previous shows, 
Mike Adams has a habit of really going into some of the fear porn, and so I'd like you to um, listen to this with uh, uh, detachment, let's put it that way. The genocide continues through the vaccines as the CDC scrambles to deceive the public. This was May the 4th. In just a few months, the CDC has disclosed 118,902 adverse reactions and 3,848 deaths following COVID-19 vaccination. Since its inception, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, that's the VAERS, has never seen such an enormous spike in vaccine injury reports. Since December 2020, the total deaths recorded following experimental COVID injections is more than the recorded deaths for all vaccines observed in the past 15 and a half years. This data now includes five children who were essentially murdered because of the injections. These children could be alive today facing coronavirus with a healthy immune system and gaining immunity for life, but their lives were stolen from them because of this massive coercive push to experiment on healthy adults and children. The genocide continues through the vaccines. Genocide caused by coronavirus vaccine research becomes genocide through injection. Coronavirus gain-of-function research existed for the sole purpose of vaccine development. When SARS-CoV-2 escaped containment, vaccine developers were already prepared to complete a live vaccine experiment using genetic code from the coronavirus spike protein. This genetic code of the spike protein is transcribed via mRNA or an adenovirus vector forcing human cells to churn out properties of the bioweapon. These experimental vaccines have a poor history of safety and effectiveness, but were ready to be deployed as soon as the pandemic was declared. In the months after the initial lockdowns, effective treatment protocols and natural immunity strategies were blacklisted and doctors who had 100% treatment success were censored. This blackout paved the way for emergency use authorization for the vaccines, enabling the coronavirus gain-of-function research to go through its next phase. Vaccine research via gain-of-function virus engineering leads to the accidental or intentional release of bioweapons, causing genocide around the world. The second half of this live experiment comes through the solution itself. The vaccines using genetic code from the bioweapon have proven both ineffective and unsafe in a short amount of time. The genocide that originated with initial vaccine research is further exacerbated by the vaccines themselves. It's a scandal of mass proportion claiming lives every day. It's a scandal that burdens hospital systems that are not prepared to properly deal with the patient's immune system. Even though treatment has advanced and mortality rates have lowered over the past year, vaccines are now taking credit for these gains while adding new fatalities and causing systemic inflammation in people's bodies. Inflammation that leads to new health problems and future complications from infections. CDC uses deceptive medical fraud to cover up the genocide. When it came to tally COVID-19 deaths, the CDC accepted all provisional cases, disputed cases, suspected cases and false positive cases as the cause of a person's death, no matter how many underlying health problems con contributed to their death. A person who recovered from COVID-19 but died months later could be coded as a COVID-19 death. A person whose lungs were destroyed on a ventilator who contracted pneumonia from this medical malpractice, was often coded as a COVID-19 death. Influenza deaths disappeared in 2020 and were coded as COVID-19 deaths. However, when a person dies in the hours and days following vaccination, the vaccine is immediately ruled out as the cause of death. But healthy adults with no underlying health issues are dying after vaccination. Many deaths after vaccination aren't even reported anymore because the CDC maintains the position that none of these deaths are linked to the shots. They are just coincidences. Sudden adult death syndrome is the new sudden infant death syndrome. And both phenomena share a common denominator. 
The medical fraud is compounded by the fact that the CDC is instructing labs across the country to only report post-vaccination positive COVID-19 tests if these tests are calibrated with an amplification cycle count less than 28. This will artificially lower the number of breakthrough COVID cases and deaths that are being reported after vaccination, while artificially inflating the vaccine's effectiveness. If the same standard for PCR tests was used throughout the COVID-19 scandal, then there will be no pandemic and the vaccines will be revealed as the source of this ongoing genocide. And I haven't time to go through this whole article as I've run out of time and I've run over again. <laughs> Apologies for that. Um, but there's an Epoch Times article, which is from um, May the 6th. And this announces Michigan woman died of complications after getting COVID-19 vaccine. And um, she died on April 19th at Mercy Health St. Mary's in Grand Rapids. I will put the link out with the uh, recording of the show so that you can read that report or just do a search on Epoch Times. You'll find uh, the article, I'm sure. So that's all I have time for this week. I'd like to thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the show and I'd like to thank Nancy for producing. And again, as a reminder, you can find me at the successalchemist.net and the webalchemist.net and empoweredmanifestation.com. And I hope you'll join me for another Cosmic Creating show next week. Stay safe, be well, and bye for now. You have been listening to the Cosmic Creating Radio Show with Jan Shaw, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio. Live long and prosper. 